1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB
2: is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello there. It is the 21st of September 2021. In case you forgot, I'm Nadine Blaney (laughs) here with the COB. The stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, startups...
1: What everything. have you? It was an everything day. We walked into a bloodbath. Our futures were crashing through the floor. We thought, "Here we go again." For those of you that are listening and can't see, Nadine nailed it. Got the green shirt <laughs> on today. She had faith of buying. Yeah, <laughs> Do you
2: know what? I actually did, and like this is you know take it or leave it. But I did think that there was a possibility we could see some of that buying come through because if for no other reason it's 2021 what else what else are people going to do
1: We'd with ha- their money We'd we have had so many guests. I would hazard a guess three weeks worth of guests saying there's a correction yep. coming. The run's been too strong for too long. Where's our correction? But really, do our corrections really last 48 hours? Is no. It, well, like it?
2: this is not done. I think we're still in for volatility. But I had a chat with Stephen Everett along those lines to start the 10 a.m. today. It is by accessible via the show notes. And he basically said, look, we've returned 5% in real price terms in a month. It just can't continue to happen. Of course, there's going to be a pullback. Perhaps, you know, markets were looking for an excuse to reset. Now, let's hope that this China Evergrande story does not become massive contagion. Nobody wants that to happen. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be the consensus that it will not be that and that the chinese authorities despite the changes that they're trying to make there in terms of a social cohesion in terms of the markets that they're not also going to stand by and see things all fall in a heap
1: yeah to be consistent with the china policy you know they're trying to make you know education affordable get kids off screens protect your data all the things that you know honestly you can't really push back against so the narrative for the chinese authorities would be look this property manager uh, manager developer the debt needs to be restructured because Retailers are holding the stock. The small banks are holding the stock. Small and medium businesses are exposed to property. So it's still the narrative of I want everyone to share in the prosperity and not leave them to hang out to dry. But having said that, we're not quite sure how we will find out what they're going to do with the Evergrande.
2: No. Look, it's a very complicated story. It's nothing that we're going to be able to cover in a lot of detail here. But I think that also what is calming to some is the fact that we have have known about this issue for a very long time so it 's not as if it's a complete Black Swan event and uh, we had it foreshadowed. We mentioned it in the podcast one day last week that authorities had come out and said that it would not be making uh, uh, yes yeah. yeah. so you know i'm not playing I'm not downplaying it I'm just saying it wasn't completely surprising to see uh, the buying come through, and it happened pretty quickly. So right after market opened, we crashed through that 7,200 level, which was a technical support level, and then it bounced. And so uh, we saw futures sort of looking pretty positive, at least right now, as we head toward the U.S. Open. Uh, A lot remains to be seen, but that is where we find ourselves today, the XJO at 7,200 and 73 up by three, close to four-tenths of a percent. Uh,
1: but Japan, it's not the whole region. Japan was down today, so it's not like uh, a buy-on dip uh, around the entire region. Maybe Aussies companies are also being reminded, as we're talking about, you know, Oznet Aus, and APA and Brookfield... Companies are flush with cash. Households are flush with cash. There's a lot of deals here keeping the market um, operational and liquid. Not only that, but I had a good chat at the beginning of the call
2: with Gary Glover from Novus Capital who said, uh, look, he he says there's going to be about a 20% market correction. That's what the charts are telling him. But he said Australia is actually well-placed. Mm. Um, there's still some good value in our market. So he was sort of in, uh, well saying that we are amongst the best placed in global markets to withstand any type mm. of a pullback coming through. So look, there's plenty of views on the market overall, but we're just dealing with today. And to your point, we did have uh, yeah another bidding war breakout this time. For AusNex Services, APA Group, uh, improving its offer. So it's going to be entertained at least. APA Group fell on the news down Mm. by 4.7%. It was actually the worst performer uh, today.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Cause, yeah, on yeah, three hundred. It's just because uh, in terms of how many times now, like Seven Group and Boral, you know, offer one, offer two, offer three. You mm-hmm. know, Sydney Airport offer one, offer two, offer three. That we are just an M and A hotspot here in uh, in the region. I have to say. Well, Annette, you've given me.
2: My perfect segue to stock of the day. Speaking of M&A, we had media speculation about IGO and its bid for Western areas. IGO came out and confirmed that it is doing due diligence mm-hmm. on the nickel miner. And uh, that was the stock of the day on the call. Gary Glover from Novus Capital and Kevin Robinson from Team Invest. Here's what they had to say about IGO. A great sort of performer here in the last sort of 12 months. Obviously, in that lithium space, it's sort of viewed as sort of one of the you know, sort of top tier uh, sort of companies there. I think it's a good move to actually diversify here. So it's not all going to be lithium there. I think everyone's sort of, uh, this lithium, like the, like the iron ore has had a pretty hot run here. And we've seen a lot of the hot commodities, once they run up pretty hot, then they tend to cool off here. So I think it's smart by IGO to actually, um, to be looking at uh, Western areas and diversifying. But I think the price of IGO here is too high at these, you know, up above $9 here. i would be sitting back, I wouldn't be buying up here. But I think it's for the company, it's a smart move.
1: We don't follow many miners. And the main reason is because uh, they don't have control over the prices of their commodity. Of course, they don't have pricing control. Um, But like Gary says, uh, new battery minerals are coming on all the time. I guess... It's uh, very, very much in flux. There are lots of developments. There's lots of innovation in this area. It's Very difficult to predict what will happen. In terms of IGO in particular, it doesn't meet our measures. It has very low return on equity, return on capital, and the stability of the uh, growth in earnings is very low as well. So in terms of team invest, it's not a company that we look at closely.
2: So, Annette, that's not going in the Ausbiz portfolio.
1: No, no mining today.
2: No mining today. Look, if you like stock picks, how to protect yourself in a sell-off or three stocks to buy in a sell-off, there's those interviews available to you via the show notes. We're going to leave equities because,
1: Annette, overshadowed a bit, maybe for good reason, the RBA Minutes? Yeah, it's well, we we had both. We had RBA and RBNZ today, nicely summarised in my view in the newsletter today. RBA, I, I thought, I didn't just read the headlines, I thought the RBA was a little extra cautious this time. They did say that the downturn from Delta was deeper than they thought a month ago and they did say that Delta would make meeting their targets, a little harder than they thought earlier so that to me was sort of probing the downside more than before obviously they discussed taper or no taper so that's why they said look we'll taper to four but let's buy ourselves time over the summer and we'll have another look in February. So same conclusion, um, no rate hikes for quite some time. But yeah, I, I definitely got a dovish slant. Um, in contrast, RBNZ mixed messages. This is Assistant Governor Christian Hawkesby. Um, everyone in the market knows who he is. And he said last month that they considered hiking by 50, but he said today in a wide-ranging speech in these uncertain times, we'll either do nothing or 25 So mixed messages there, despite the fact that house prices are accelerating and everything is stronger than expected. The consumer, business investment, trade, capacity Mm -hmm. is stretched, totally stretched. So I'm not quite sure why he's discouraging against 50, because don't forget their cash rates near zero, like everyone else. They've met all of their objectives, so that was a bit of a delta. Itch. It was just, yeah, which is fine if you're uncertain, but they're actually certain that the economy is running red hot. That's, mm-hmm. that's the issue and uh, and they will definitely have a bounce back in Q4 thanks to their income support. So mixed views all round. I had a chat with lots of economists today, Stephen How at CBA, Paul Bloxham from HSBC. So basically the Aussie-Kiwi trade, there you can't get more divergent mm-hmm. views if you tried.
2: It's pretty incredible. I mean I had a chat with um, James Rossiter, head of global macro at TD Securities, another one of those guys, good value joining us from London, and we started out by talking about FOMC, because don't forget that's looming large. He, by the way, does not expect any change in the dot plots. He says the September taper is off the table. But, yeah, then we sort of contrasted that with what's going on at the BOE and what we can expect this week. And you're going to be talking about the RBNZ lifting. He anticipates the BOE will lift sometime 2022, probably late 2022 Um, But then, of course, you've got the Fed, you know, off the table until 2024. It's just –
1: talk about an interesting – I would hazard a guess that earlier this year, when we're talking about that February-March and and the commensurate bond meltdown, that the Fed was going to hike streets ahead of everybody else. yeah. That was the view back in February-March. How long ago is that? So it seems like even the Fed's hanging back. And then because a lot of central banks wait for the Fed, that means – they're hanging back. So it's got to the stage where interest rates this low for this long, it is takes, takes us back to the investment thesis. There's a lot of cash looking for a home. And that's one reason I think behind such as the buy-on dips that we're seeing today because where else do you get any returns for your savings? Certainly
2: not the bank that nope. we know. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, look...
2: Tonight, it's not massive in terms of data. We do get housing starts. They're expected to build a base in coming months. Uh, We're expecting to see some building permit data coming through from the U.S. as well. U.S. chain store sales. I always find that very difficult to say. It is a tongue twister. But really, we're building up to the FOMC now. And of course, just really live for whatever happens in terms of equities, in terms of bond uh, movements through the overnight period based on, well, based on, Yes, news flow, but also just sentiment. I mean, these things can become a self-fulfilling prophecy as well.
1: Yeah, there's not enough data to move us. It will be headline watching. It will be about the futures when we walk in tomorrow. We'll know whether the markets are trading sideways or take another leg down. But I do think Australia really went on its own today. And I do think, unlike some of my peers talking about recessions we've got bank balance sheets in great shape we've got household balance sheets in great shape that's not a recession that's that's certainly putting Australia in better stead than I dare say elsewhere around the world
2: yeah so interesting watching Asian markets today Hang Seng down significantly uh, you know, but we've got the Straits Times, the Cosby up. Uh, it's really anyone's guess with China yep. main markets on holidays still in Hong oh, Kong. I was just going to say, yeah, market, yep.
1: they're in and out and in yep. and out this week. That is not helping um, as well with China and the other North Asia holidays. No holidays this week.
2: Still looking pretty good, though, in terms of U.S. futures we've been speaking. Look, uh, it will be a sight to behold. We'll have every move covered here on AusBiz live for the live stream. It begins at 8.30, takes you right through the close of the session. Or, of course, you can always catch up with us whenever you do via this podcast. Um, Today, though, uh, Annette, it was energy that really outperformed as a sector. (laughs) Go figure. Materials as well. Financials were the big weight, down by four-tenths of a percent. They
1: sure were. I'm not quite sure why financials were hammered because I guess a few – chatters out there about this being a layman's moment and of course layman's as you know triggered a financial crisis and i think that's weighing on the banks may or may not be substantiated i don't think so and actually a lot of our guests agreed that this isn't a layman's moment
2: okay so we're looking forward to the fomc later this week we've got you covered as i said in the meantime though have a really good night and i'll see you bright and early bright and early see you then